Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It's Sunday morning, and I'm drinking a hot cup of Bottom Gun Coffee, as usual, from my friends at BottomGunCoffee.com as I record this episode. I have another great show lined up for you. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you that I write a short leadership article every week. Each week, I tackle an important leadership topic to help you become a better leader. The articles are short, and you can read them in just five minutes. And this week, I'm talking about the problems of, yes, bureaucracy. I talk about my experiences working in a large company that was filled with faceless bureaucrats and endless red tape and what it did to the overall company culture. So sign up today at johnsrenny.com slash subscribe so you don't miss out on any of these articles. It's free, and I promise only to provide value and never to spam you. If you're looking for ways to support what I do on this show, purchase one of my books at johnsrenny.com or visit one of my sponsors, bottomguncoffee.com and ihavethewatch.com. All my sponsors use the discount code DEEP at checkout. Well, that's it. Today, my guest is Brian Krieger. Brian is an author, speaker, and nonprofit entrepreneur. He has been on top of the world, and he has fallen to the bottom as well. In his new book, he helps us understand one of the most important aspects of leadership, dealing with the challenges of being alone at the top. The weight of leadership responsibility can be heavy, and it's difficult for leaders to handle that pressure. Every day, we hear stories of leaders who have fallen. This episode will help you prevent that from happening to yourself and the leaders around you. This is an incredibly important topic for every leader. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Brian Krieger. Brian is an author, speaker, and nonprofit consultant. He's also the author of a new book called The Courageous Ask, a proactive approach to prevent the fall of Christian nonprofit leaders. 
In this book, he shares his own personal experiences as a nonprofit founder to help other leaders deal with the pressures and struggles of being in the leadership spotlight. I'm excited to have him on the show to talk about this. So, Brian, welcome. Hey, thank you, John. I appreciate you having me on your uh, podcast. And man, I love your stuff. So uh, I'm just so honored to be on here. So thank you so much. Well, the honor is mine. I'm I'm really excited. You got a new book out. I really want to talk about it because I think this is something we don't talk about enough, and certainly we haven't covered on this podcast. Is that you know being in as a leader, being a leader, being in the spotlight, it's a tough place to be, and and everybody wants to be the leader until it's time to do leadership stuff. And part of leadership stuff is being alone and uh, and and you know trying to lead this whole organization. And sometimes that's that's tough. And I've faced a lot of the same challenges that I've seen in your book. And I know a lot of the leaders who are listening in have as well. So I think this is going to be really a powerful discussion. All right. Well, thank you. I, I think obviously it's a, it's a very important thing. Uh, leadership falls are happening all, all around us. doesn't matter if it's necessarily in the Christian nonprofit world or pastors or preachers or priests or, or whatever, but, or in the corporate world. Yeah. Uh, this is happening and sometimes on a national level, sometimes where it's most damaging is just in our local areas uh, that impacts people on much personal level. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen it time after time. So let, let's get into it. I mean, you, you, um, you know, you wrote the book for a reason, you know, can you tell us a little bit about the origin story and then uh, about why this book came to be and what you're trying to get done with, uh, with this book? What's the real purpose of getting this book out there? Well, I, I spent my, my life um, in kind of a corporate world. I, frankly, I ran grocery stores for 28 years. Um, that, that was my main career. And then I was called to, uh, to do something a little bit different. And uh, it's quite a story. you Whoever picks up the book is going to be able to read it. But um, I ended up uh, being called to uh, open a free clinic in our city. Uh, it's your typical city that that most of us have seen, uh, you know, poverty stricken in, in some areas. And and just the struggles uh, could be a study on on any urban environment right in our city. So uh, decided to open up a free clinic. Uh, which a lot of people say, hey, that doesn't really make sense. You ran grocery stores for all those years. But anyway, that's what I was called to do. So that's what we did. Well, about four years in, we're, uh, we had served probably, I think we were at about 1,000 people, um, like 3,000 visits. We had 15 provi- medical providers um, that were uh, volunteering with us and um, uh, probably about 40 other volunteers, nurses and staff and such. And, uh, you know, I came across this period in life where um, I was struggling. I was struggling. And uh, to be quite honest, I had a three-month emotional affair. I fell. I was one of those leaders that fell. And, uh, of course, you know, that's a, that's a lifelong thing. Uh, you know, the effects and the collateral damage of that will last for the rest of my life. Um, so, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my board and I'm telling them what happened. Uh, this is my first meeting telling them this is what happened. And one of the board members looks at me and says, Brian, what effect or uh, what role did our organization play in what you described to us here today? I, uh, <laughs> I had no answer. Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking from that angle at all. I was just thinking, hey, I blew it. 
believe me, I'm a, a master of of individual accountability. And uh, I just figured I blew it. But he brought up something that I had not thought about. Right. Um, so that kind of started me down a road. You know, I had to deal with, uh, you know, all the, as I said, all the damage that was done from the fall. But that uh, that stuck in my mind. Um, what role did they play? Um, yeah. I never would blame them for it. So that's that's not even an issue here. But there was a role. And there, is, there are inherent struggles and stumbling blocks in leadership that can take us to a point where we become vulnerable. Mm. Um, so what are we doing about it? What can we do about it? Are we being proactive about it? Or are we just going to watch the fall happen? Yeah. So that took me down this road. And it's a couple of years later, more than a couple of years later, a number of years later. And uh, this became a, the book, the book became the culmination of all those thoughts over those years. Mm. Well, you know, when I read your story, I just, you know, I definitely felt it personally, right? Um, being a leader, especially a leader of a startup company where, you know, you have a small team, <laughs> you're, it's you against the world. And uh, it, it is, it is very, it's a very lonely place to be, right? So a lot of times the, the pains, the struggles, the things that you face, there's really no one to talk to. There's no one, like you don't want to show necessarily to your employees that you're, you know, that you're worried or you're concerned or you have reservations. Um, and then when you're talking to, uh, in your case, uh, potential donors, or in my case, potential customers or investors, I, I'm always, everything's great. You know, let me tell you about my business and how great it is, uh, right? So you're always putting right. on a, a, a face about how everything is wonderful. Um, but really, in a lot of ways, you're you're playing with your your mind is saying another thing and you're acting a different way right and i think there's some struggles there and, and i don't think people realize that that struggle is real with with leaders is that you're you're you you're, you've got the reality of what you're facing and then you have what you're trying to portray to the rest of the world yeah i like to say that to other people it's the, like this abstract we know yeah. our leaders are not human mm -hmm. but that's abstract that that is kind of uh, just some idea they have built in their mind. The thing is, leaders are not perfect, yeah, and that's okay to everybody around them until they prove it. Right, right. Once they prove it, it's a whole different ball game. So yeah. that's why it's a, an abstract idea in the minds of most people around the leaders. It you know whoever it could be customers, it could be a corporate board, it could be your own board or Heck, for a, a pastor, it could be a congregation. Right. So it's okay for them to be perfect and be human or be imperfect and be human. Right. right. Until they prove it. So right. Right. My, until, my until thoughts are, let's get out in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, as, you, as you think back, and, I, and I, like I said, your story resonated with me. What are, what are some of the common challenges that leaders face that maybe don't get talked about too much in terms of... Um, you know, the struggles of, of being the one person in charge of an organization. Well, you are you already mentioned the target that you have that that creates pressure. Um, you know, you, you also mentioned something else. You know, you know, in your mind that you're presenting uh, yourself in kind of a marketing sense. Okay? Right. You you want to look like you've got the answers, but you also have this other side. And, and you're always asking yourself, 
am I just crazy? Because everybody else seems to be doing it well. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yes. Everybody else seems to do it, and that creates such an incredible pressure because you think everybody else is doing it great. Yeah, I, I had this experience where um, this is way back. Um, I, I was going to quit my company. The, I was a store manager in that in a, in a store. So they, I told them in October that I was leaving in uh, at the end of the year. So they took me out of my store. They sent me to other stores to help other store managers during the busy Christmas season. Well, that whole time of leadership in doing, you know, running stores, I was feeling the same loneliness. Like everybody else seems to be doing it great. Yeah. But I'm the guy that what the, what's the matter with me? Okay. Yeah. I can't yeah. get this under control. But bottom line is I go out to help these other store managers and I saw the same thing. Yes. They yeah. had the same problems. Yeah. So I think that is actually one of the keys is being honest and open and vulnerable with other leaders so that we see each other's struggles. I think that's, that's really, really important. Oh my gosh. I know. um, I had a continual competition. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you first, you get a chance to be exposed with other leaders inside thoughts, you realize that we're, we're all feeling the exact same things, right? You know, we're trying to portray everything is great, but we're struggling inside and, um, you know, I, I had a friend of mine who runs a business and uh, two years ago, he said, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I'm struggling with depression. And I was and when he talked about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got that, too. <laughs> I didn't realize I did, but I do, too. You know, and I thought it was just me. You know, I thought I was just, OK, there's something wrong with me, you know, with with battling through some of these uh, worries I had, you know, I mean, he was struggling with the same thing. So I think it sounds like, like you're getting having someone to be able to talk to and to be able to you know have those conversations prevents it from turning into a crisis in other words solve it early on before it gets out of control right yeah i i I read one time that um everybody wants to be fully known i mean to Mm -hmm. the deepest darkest ugliest spot of who they are they want at least one person to know them to that level yeah. Still be loved and accepted. Yeah. And isn't that what we fear? We fear that somebody's going to see all that stuff in us that is not a marketing ploy. <laughs> it's right. not super positive and they're going to reject us. Yeah. So that is one of the, the biggest, the biggest fears. And that's one of the things that, you know, it's not always everybody else's fault. Sometimes it's like you did not open up about your own depression. Yeah. Until somebody else said it. Yeah, yeah. You had a comfort level that you could talk about it. Right, so right. it's it's no different. Yeah, I think that's uh that's that's it that's it. You, like you don't it's almost like there's a permission to to talk about the subject now because he brought it up, we could talk about it. And now I know he struggles with some of those issues, we could talk about it, right? We've now opened that up. <laughs> uh we've opened that dialogue path up. And some sometimes you need to be able or or you have to find ways to be able to open up those dialogue paths. And I and I imagine that part of the title of this book is is a little bit about having the courage to have that conversation, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the the courageous ask comes from a couple different perspectives. Okay, the leader has to be willing to courageously ask themselves some difficult questions. Mm, yes. Um, and they have to have this own their own humility within themselves. 
because sometimes we lose our identity and we think we really are that guy, that facade that we're, you know, but we really got to ask ourselves the difficult questions that bring us back to who we truly are. So that's one perspective. The other perspective is how many times have we seen a leader fall? We've watched them fall. We've seen the struggles. We've watched them stumble. We've watched them fall. And then we look at back and go, wow, uh, I knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. I watched it happen. I watched the whole thing. Well, okay. Then the question is, I was on a board one time where we asked somebody to, that, that, to hey, you're either going to get terminated or you need to move on. Okay. Um, and then we're all sitting around the table. We're going, you know, we all saw it coming. In fact, when we hired this person, we saw some of these qualities. Yeah. Well, everybody individually had those thoughts, yeah. but didn't share it. So yeah. they didn't have the courage to share because they thought they were nuts. Everybody else thinks it's okay. Yeah. So the point is that people, whether it's the community or a board of directors or, again, a constituency or whatever, they have to have the courage to confront some of these things. I mean, don't you talk about this in some in your book, all, all, all in the same boat, boat? You don't see a problem and just let it go. Right. right. You've got to go after that problem. Yeah. You've got to you've got to move forward on that problem and not just let it go. Have the courage to to challenge. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about that a lot in your book. Yeah. You have yeah. The courage to challenge uh, those those things that you see. And anyway, that's where the that's where the courageous ask the title came from. Let's have courage and do it. Let's get out in front of it, because all of that's all that's going to happen in a fall is going to splash over all of us. Right, right. It's, the board ends up with this problem in the, in their lap. So yeah. how about we get out in front of it and create an atmosphere that a leader can feel uh, vulnerable. They can be open and honest. Um, a board can ask questions of what's going on in a personal life, especially in a Christian nonprofit. What's going on in the life of their leader? Yeah. Now I'm not talking about, a, you know, <laughs> going too deep i understand that it can it can become oppressive um but there is a role yep and it could because that's where most uh leadership falls happen right they happen on the personal side of life it's right right sometimes it's financial but financial usually comes back to a core individual personal issue yeah yeah why are we not probing it yeah no it's a great question i you know as you as you point out i mean in the book, I talk about fires on a submarine, right? You know, we were trained to run towards them and put them out quickly right. because everyone will die if if a fire spreads on a submarine. But it's the same thing with problems in our business, right? Problems with a leader. If you don't address it early on, it it could create, you know, catastrophic uh, consequences to to the organization, right? The reputation of the organization, the um, you know, the employees, the the customers, everything. the clients, everything, yeah. 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 So yeah. you've got to you've got to get that addressed early. So so essentially, yeah, it's a very equivalent story to what I talk about in the book. Is it's a problem that needs to be addressed. So but we what don't um, do it. <laughs> we don't do it. Yeah, no. So you mentioned this, and I think it's really important. You said uh, a lot of times when when things happen, people recognize the signs. They're like, "Oh, I knew that was going to happen." Like, what um, what are some of the signs that that maybe a leader might be struggling or might um, you know, might um, be having some some issues, and that might prompt you to ask deeper questions. What are some of those signs that people could look look for? 
Well, I'd say the biggest thing is, well, number one, you have to know your leader. Mm, So if you don't know your leader and you haven't created relationship with your leader, uh, and again, that doesn't mean you're in some formal position on a board of directors or something. You could be out in the community sitting sitting out in a crowd. Right. But uh, if you know your leader, you know how your leader got to where they are. Mm. One day you're you're delivered this moniker of leader, executive, director, CEO, whatever it is. Something got you there. Something, you know, I, you've heard this said that, you know, the helicopters don't drop people off on the mountain of success. Right. They, right. You got there somehow. So. Um, it's usually family in a Christian nonprofit. It has to do with uh, your spiritual, um, some kind of spiritual awakening or guidance or something got you there. Okay. And it's usually those two things are the big things. So a reorder, reordering of priorities. When, when, when that organization becomes more important than those two top two things, too many times leaders think, okay, I've, I've got this modicum of success. Okay, things mm-hmm. seem to be doing well. And I'll just speak. I, of course, people have figured out I speak from a Christian perspective. Too many times uh, uh, Christian nonprofit leaders think that just working there is their 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 sustenance, right. is their spiritual right. sustenance. So they stop doing the things like going to Bible study, reading their Bible, praying, doing all these spiritual kind of things. So they don't need that anymore. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big sign. And then family, too many times family, a leader thinks my family gets it. They understand my mission. They understand what I'm doing. They're part of it. But are they? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they're not. So too many times the family becomes the blur in the peripheral vision of the leader that has a focus on the ministry. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. One ping only. Please. As I thought, John Rennie's new book, All in the Same Boat, is right over there. It's at allinthesameboatbook.com. Your orders are to get there now. And remember, be careful what you shoot at. Most things in here don't react too well to bullets. Is your boss a jerk? I understand you're in the hospital, but I'm going to need you to come in today. Do they lack any ability to actually lead people? Oh, it's fine. I'll I'll just find somebody else that can do it, okay? John is offering a new service just for you. For only $10, he will anonymously mail a copy of his best-selling book, I Have the Watch, to your boss with a personal note. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and enter the discount code BOSS at checkout. Deep Leadership is brought to you by the Bottom Gun Coffee Company. Bottom Gun is owned and operated by U.S. submarine veterans, and no one knows coffee better than the men and women who serve long hours keeping watch under the sea. Bottom Gun Coffee Company has a variety of coffee blends designed to keep you moving. From Ahab's Revenge, extremely strong coffee, to their morning blend, Bottom Gun purchases only premium, certified, organic coffee beans from all over the world to create the finest tasting coffee you will ever experience. Bottom Gun is offering a discount to the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to BottomGunCoffee.com and enter the discount code DEEP at checkout. Bottom Gun Coffee, the taste that's qualified. Yeah. 
not start that way. So they've shifted their shifted their priorities. They start to lose their personal identity. We talked about this a little bit earlier is, you know, their identity becomes the organization. Yeah. Instead yeah. of who they are that got them there, their identity, they put on this facade. And all of a sudden, in the beginning, they realize, OK, they're just playing the game a little bit. They have to do these things to bring in money or or whatever uh, to be successful. All of a sudden, that becomes who they are. And like like we talked about earlier, people ask you how you are. You hide behind the organization. The organization's doing great. We're this, we're that. Yes. No, no, yes. no, no. Hold yeah. on. I asked you how you are. Mm, I didn't this ask is, you how the organization. Yeah, this oh. is important. So that creates a hollowness uh, inside. Um, another one is taking credit for everything. I mean, come on. You know, usually, at least in the Christian nonprofit world, we're giving credit to God the whole way along, especially in the beginning. But all of a sudden, it starts to. Yeah. There's that little part in you that says, yeah, but I, if I wouldn't have answered the call, my name is on all the documents. Yeah. I raised most of the money. Right. I, and you don't say all these things, but it's just playing in your mind just that little bit. And it's just all these lies of the enemy just attacking you. All of a sudden, you know, you're taking credit for it. Yeah. And at least in your own mind. And that changes the way you talk to people. It changes the value you put on the employees and the staff and the volunteers. Um, you start to not listen as much as you used to listen to them because you've got all the answers. You're yeah. the man yeah. or you're the woman now. Um, so you become a, uh, you know, I've, I've seen I've seen leaders who become addicted to the adrenaline that comes out when, when you're introducing a new program or a new piece of equipment or something, you know, and like, once again, you're the man, but there's nothing, there is nothing to a nonprofit leader more exciting and adrenaline inducing than the eyes of a donor that you can show them what you've done with their money and something new that's coming out. Yeah. It it creates so much energy and excitement. So um, th- those are those are a couple things. It's funny you you should ask me that question because uh, my next uh, uh, my next article that's coming out that is for uh, people that uh, want to join my uh, uh, my blog newsletter is actually an, an article on what are some indica- five indicators that uh, show that a, a fall is possible with you with your leader or with yourself. I really think this is what you talk about is really important, Um, you know, and I think you what you hit really early on on that was that um, you have to know your leader. So the people around you have to know you to the point where they see something has changed. Right. Right. Um, I really like what you talked about in the book about your identity starting to shift from from you yourself to sort of like you associated yourself with with the organization it became everything and then you know you talked about you know you're careful of what you wore you're careful like when you walked into a restaurant i had to look to see if there's a potential donor in here uh i don't want to play yeah i don't want to play golf because people think i'm using their money to play golf and so it was affecting like everything in your life like you were you were monitoring everything so carefully your your life became the company you know your life became the organization right oh yeah i you know one of the things my wife and I, it was a, it was a big struggle. I've been married 35 years now, but, uh, at a certain point in the organization, of course I was building something from nothing. Right. So right. I'm very sensitive to everything. Yeah. So 
I always had to sit with my face towards the door in a restaurant. Yeah. And and I spent the whole time just looking over her shoulder. Who yeah. Yeah. Whose, hand, whose hand do I need to shake? Who do I need to just go by and mention some little fact about their football team or their baseball team or something they yeah. enjoy? Yeah. Who, who, there's somebody in this restaurant I know. And yeah. you want to know something? And it and it goes back to my indicators. That that's an indicator right there. All of a sudden, everybody else in the restaurant was more important than my wife sitting right in front of me. Yeah. And so she started to feel alienated. And that's where you want to talk about loneliness. Sometimes we're setting ourselves up for that. So yeah. this yeah. this is a this is a perfect example. Yeah, no, that's really that's a really good point. Hopefully, listeners, you're hearing that and um, and recognizing some of those signs yourself. Are you doing that? Are you is are you becoming the company? Are you becoming the organization? Are you changing? Uh, and are you isolating yourself because of that? Right? Are are your actions uh, isolating you from your family or your normal support group? Right? And um, and that's you know that's that's a warning sign right there that there's something wrong. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, because um, it was the first I've founded businesses before, but it was the first nonprofit that I founded. And in the beginning, people, I was a little uncomfortable with being the face of our organization. I didn't honestly right when I started, I just did not want it to be all about me. And it's the same with the book. The book, I, I interviewed tons of people for the book because I didn't want just my perspective. So um, I get to this position where they're saying, but Brian, the organization needs a face. Okay, mm. you have got to represent yeah. the organization. Yeah. You have got to be the face of the organization. The problem where the problem happened was, yes, I was the face of the organization, but then the organization became my face. Yeah. If, you, yes. if you're catching that flip. There. I do. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and that's, that's where the problem started to occur. I lost who I was, what got me there, those foundational yeah. principles and things that made me who I was and could you know, get this organization rolling. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. Um, I, yeah. So, so there's a great way to say, are you becoming the company? Uh, and, and if you are, how do you, those, those could be warning signs that you need to, you know, you need someone to talk to, <laughs> you need yeah, to well, open up. To John, yeah. You know, one of the things, one of the difficulties is what does the community expect? Yeah. They expect you to be the company. Right, right. They expect you to be the nonprofit organization. Yeah. That is the expectation. And that is a problem. Yeah. That's yeah. that's part of the conversation that I'm trying to start with 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 the book and all these these things. That's not okay. Yeah. But, you know, you 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 you're talking about something that's really important is that leaders are human. We're oh. we are we we will fail, we will do things wrong, we are struggling with things. But but in a lot of cases, we're not allowed to, right? We um, there's, it's too important. Our role, our role, especially in a fledgling uh, organization, our role is too important for us to have problems, right? I remember, I remember uh, this was this happened this summer. Don't be real. Yeah, right. Don't be real. Don't, don't be, be really real. real. You know, <laughs> be genuine, but don't be real. Um, but yeah. So um, one of the things I do every time my employee has a birthday, uh, I I bring a card in for their birthday and usually we bring some food in. And so I always celebrate my employees' birthdays. Always. Always have done that. And um, so I have them on my calendar. I never forget them. And uh, uh, and then my birthday came around this summer 
And I went to work. I went to work and nobody mentioned my birthday. <laughs> I went through the whole day and then went home. And I was driving home. I'm like, why is this bothering me? Why, why, I, why is it bothering that nobody even noticed it was my birthday? And it was like, you know, it, it was almost like, no, it, 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 it bothered me. Like, cause like, that's, you know, I do, I do so much for others. And I was really surprised no one did it for me. And it's just a weird feeling that like, like, I guess I'm not allowed to have feelings like that. Like you all forgot my birthday. It's not a big deal. I'm the boss. We're, we're going to keep moving forward. But it did, it did feel weird, you know, driving home well, that hey, night. So. John, that's what you're supposed to do. Right, right. <laughs> you're supposed to remember my birthday. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But no one remembered mine. You know, it's a minor thing, but I just remember thinking, oh, that kind of sucks, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, we're but not supposed to be human. But yeah. it's one of those things that us leaders we we internalize we pull that back yeah and you didn't go in the next day and say hey what's everybody's problem around here right right never no not a word not a word i didn't say a word yeah and and that's one of those things that we internalize that feeds into that lonely kind of wow i really am just kind of a job description aren't i yeah 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 or you're you're the company you're you're infallible you're you're um, bulletproof. Nothing can harm you. And it's like, right. not, not true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. true at all. So, yeah. 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 You're, you're exactly right. The humanness. Uh, in fact, yeah. I, I mentioned that in my introduction to the book, my book is really about humanness, hmm. just allowing each other, you know, even a leader looking at their board, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, as far as nonprofits go, a CEO has to look at their board and realize, you know what, they're human. It's, right. <laughs> it's right. not just them to me. Uh, we're all leaders. I happen to be the executive. They happen to be the board. But I got to look at them as human as well. So yeah, yeah. It, it really goes both ways. So, Yeah, I like that. And um, one of the things that I really think, you know, that I stress in my writings and my talking and my, in my, in my real life as a leader <clears throat> is I think a lot of this stuff goes away is we, if we get to know people really deeply. You know, I think if I get to know my people uh, I know their struggles. I know their issues. If they get to know me, they know my struggles. They know my issues. I think one of the things that I learned uh, as a submariner was <clears throat> we spent hours and hours and hours together in cramped spaces, months <laughs> on end, and we knew every single detail about each other. So I could just notice a sailor come into, into a duty station, and I could just tell by his demeanor uh, what was wrong. Right. Because I knew my sailors that well because we spent so much time together. <clears throat> and I think that that's part of part of, um, you know, being being a great leader, but also supporting the leader of the organization, having that relationship, good relationships, such that you can see when something's wrong. You can see those warning signs. You can tell when something has shifted and moved. Um, and I think it's really important as a leader, but it's also important that that the leaders have someone in their life that's also can monitor that kind of uh, change that could possibly be happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, there's no question. That goes back to my comment earlier about being fully known. You know, I, it's funny because I, I talked to, I, I interviewed uh, maybe a, a couple of pastors also as, as nonprofit Christian leaders. And uh, what one, exa- one example was this, this pastor told me, you know, how his, separation is from his is from his congregation he doesn't always necessarily like that because it does make him lonely mm-hmm. but he, he gave this example of somebody is having a fourth of july picnic and 
they're not going to, they, they don't invite him. They talk about it. They're talking about yeah. this picnic that's yeah. coming at their house, but they don't invite him and his family. And he says, nobody wants a preacher at their, at their picnic. He said, <laughs> that changes the conversations that you can have at the picnic. Oh yeah. True. Yeah. And doesn't yeah. that happen even corporately? Yeah. I mean, really, you know, so, uh, a staff wants to go out and they really want to let loose on some evening and they oh, yeah, yeah. at a bar or a wherever they, and they really want to let loose. They're not, they're not always bringing the boss along because that might affect the impression that the boss has of them in their job. Yes. So that leaves the, the executive out and, yeah. you know, yeah, no. So yeah, the, I always talk about the power of your presence as a leader. Your your presence changes things. When you walk into a room, things yeah. change, right? Uh, the boss is here now. So uh, you're not just one of the guys. You are the boss, and 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 things change when you're in the room. Same thing if you're the pastor or if you're the head of a nonprofit. You um, you represent something different. You know, it's a different uh, social dynamic than just oh, he's, you know, that's that's yeah. John, right? That's Brian. No, it's that's oh, that's the head of the organization. Let me introduce you, or or that's the head of the organization. Uh, I've got a question for you, you know, or something like that. It, it, it things shift, and uh, when you walk into a room as a leader, I, I remember. I remember there were times where I would be in in the hierarchy with people that were above me, and honestly, that's all I knew them as in in their corporate position. I, so you go out on a social thing, and. Uh, and you're sitting there. That's all you know about them is their business. So you're talking business. And I, I've actually it's probably happened two or three times where I just had people go, can we just not talk about business? <laughs> can, yeah. we, can we talk about something else? Can we, right, can we right. in, you know, and because they want to be known. They want people to know them as a leader, you know, uh, as a person, not just in their their corporate position. And I think I think it's interesting when when uh, when we go to hire somebody uh say a board is going to going to hire a, a, a new executive they get their resume they pull that resume out and they're going huh okay this looks like well, we'll pick five of these resumes 10 of these resumes and we'll bring them in for interviews well why do you bring people in for interviews yeah i mean th- i mean it's the way we do things i i get it i understand but what's the purpose the 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 purpose is to see you want to see examples of um, of them exemplifying what the, what is on the resume, you want to see that their knowledge matches up with what's on there. But you also are measuring their character, aren't you? Yeah. You're measuring can can this person create a culture in our organization, the one that we desire, and the one that already or the one that already exists. You're measuring personal traits, like how articulate are they? Because because mm. you're looking at a piece of paper, that's right. not that's just a piece of paper. That's not personality right. or anything. But what happens is you hire that nonprofit executive and all that goes away. Yes. All of a sudden you don't care about them as a person. You're you're looking at the job description. You do care, so don't don't misunderstand. I'm right, I don't right. make it too callous. But you stop yeah. asking some of the same questions you asked yeah. in the interview. Yeah. And and that's the end of it. So I think that's a I think that's a problem. And and boards are so scared to ask personal questions that they could glean an early um, a possibility of a, of a fall happening because they're so scared to ask those personal questions. Well, in your interview, you asked a lot of personal questions. Right, right. Why did that go away? Yeah, so interesting. I think that's a problem. I think it's, a, it's something that we need to talk about 
you cannot be afraid to go into some of the sticky stuff and and boards and accountability structures in general are afraid to go into the sticky stuff. Hey, they got their own life going on. I mean, they're human too. So, but we got to start these conversations. Yeah, I I agree. This is really good. So how can um, people find out more about this new book, your, your website, your writings, where can people go? Well, I, the book comes out uh, on the 23rd. It's uh, okay. 23rd of September. Uh, and uh, so it's not quite out, but there's pre-orders. So you can buy that anywhere you buy books uh, electronically, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, on down the line. Um, but my website is uh, briankrieger.com, B-R-I-A-N-K-R-E-E-G-E-R.com. And I'm always open to an email, brian at briankrieger.com. Okay, that sounds good. We'll put a uh, we'll put links to these in the show notes so people can find it. I think you've covered something that's really, really important that we don't talk about enough, and that's that is the uh, the challenge that leaders face, and then how to uh, for the stakeholders in the organization how to make sure that uh, that you don't have a fall, that you don't have a leader that uh, uh, that that basically you know struggles and 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 causes a problem. So how do you how do you um, find out early on how do you put out that fire early on that's that's a really important issue yep instead of just waiting for it to happen watching it happen many times we're watching it happen right but but yeah thank you so much john uh yeah it's been a great conversation i i love talking about this stuff yeah this is great very important book and i encourage everyone to take a look at it it's called courageous ask and it's available where any books are sold we'll have links to that in the show notes Brian, thank you for being on the show and sharing all of your ideas, all of your experiences, and all of your insight on this topic. All right, John. Thank you so much. This has been such an honor. I, I, yeah, it's just been, it's been fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. DC, I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric acid. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wannabet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wannabet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.